Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass away from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, that was the second half of our gospel reading last Sunday, which we didn't get to, but that's okay. It fits better with today's gospel reading, grouped in with that, than it did with what we had with salt and light last week anyway. Here, Jesus deals with God's law, and he makes it crystal clear that he didn't come to lessen the law. He didn't come to do away with God's law. He makes it clear there's no getting around God's law. In the first century A.D., approaches to getting around God's law, or lessening it, or... Uh, changing it, well, they were all around. Those approaches were all around. The Sadducees, for instance, had decided to take the approach of lessening God's law. They figured nobody can actually keep all of the laws anyway. And and, and you know what? They're kind of out of date. They don't really fit in very well with, you know, Roman society and all. So... We've got to just adapt God's law, keep some of it, and do away with some of it. And, uh, and that was kind of how they approached things. And, man, that sounds kind of familiar in our day and age, doesn't it? To be considered a good person in our day generally means promoting a whole lot of things that are clearly contrary to God's revealed will, to God's law. Self-promotion, greed, same-sex relationships, transgenderism, seeking whatever makes me happy. Well, these things are celebrated. And if you oppose them, well, then you're looked at by the culture as being bad. But all of this is just shifting away from God's law and creating new laws that seem better to us. Or as scripture says, being wise in our own eyes. Another approach is to seemingly take God's law very, very seriously and believe that you might actually be keeping all of the commandments. The Pharisees, for instance, they really did think they were taking God's law very seriously, so seriously that they put extra laws on top of God's laws kind of as a hedge so that if you, if you accidentally broke one of the extra laws, you didn't actually break one of God's laws. They figured that way there was kind of a buffer in place. And this approach is still in place in our day and age. Scripture tells us, don't get drunk 
And so people say, well, okay, that means you can never have alcohol ever because if you have alcohol ever, then maybe you might risk getting drunk. So now all alcohol is off the table. It's all bad. Uh, Well, that's not really what God's word says. Scripture says we are to present ourselves with modesty. And so people start making up specific rules about exactly what that has to look like. And if you're not abiding by the rules that we've made, well, then you're somehow sinning. Now, with so much focus on these external things, this approach tends to miss out on the problem of the heart. If people abide by these extra rules that have been set in place that seem very, very attainable, well, then they can be considered good. But Romans chapter 3, St. Paul says, no one is righteous. No, not one. And in today's reading from Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is going to go about the task of wielding God's law to its fullest to show just that. He's going to teach the commandments in their fullness to show, you know what? You might think you're a really good person, but actually, you're a sinner in need of forgiveness. Jesus doesn't lessen God's law. He doesn't lower the bar. He doesn't say, you know, God kind of grades on a curve anyway. As long as you're better than some of these other folks, then you're going to be just fine. He doesn't say to those Pharisees who had their extra laws, hey, you know what? You're doing pretty well, actually. Now, Jesus uses the law and he just holds it up as a mirror, as a diagnostic tool. And he says, now, We're going to show you just how sinful you really are. Jesus doesn't add to the commandments here. He simply teaches the fullness of the commandments. You have heard it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. (laughs) Well, if you go through the Ten Commandments, using them as a mirror to examine yourself and to see where there may be sin in your life, you might get to the Fifth Commandment and you might think, ha, you shall not murder, never killed anybody, I'm good to go. Well, Jesus then teaches the fullness of the commandment. Not only does it forbid physically murdering another person, it also forbids harming them, but even anger, hatred of another person. Now, maybe you didn't even speak those words out loud of of hatred towards somebody else, but you felt it in your heart. And that twinge of hatred in your heart towards someone else, Jesus says that is a violation of this commandment. You have broken God's law. See, he's not, he's not lowering the bar. He's holding the bar right where it is. He's saying this is the standard. This is what holiness actually requires. He says, maybe, maybe you didn't even say anything, or maybe you did. Maybe you said, you fool. Or I like, I like how one of the, one of the uh, commentaries translated this. You numbskull. <laughs> Maybe that's a little bit more uh, our day and age, right? You, you idiot. You know, if you've ever th- said that to somebody, 
Jesus says, you know what? (laughs) Sorry, you've broken this commandment. Jesus goes on. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Jesus now moves on to the sixth commandment and he says, all right, you shall not commit adultery. And again, most people would think, well, I've never been unfaithful to my spouse. But Jesus again teaches the fullness of this commandment and he says, you know, it's not merely about the external actions, but it's also about the mind and the heart. If you've looked with lust, You've broken this commandment. And the the point Jesus is making here as he's going through these laws, and he, he goes with these specifically, I think, because these are the ones that I think most people in the listening audience initially would have thought, okay, I might struggle with some of these other commandments, but I haven't done these things. And Jesus begins with these to show You've not only broken all of those other ones, you've broken these as well. And the point Jesus is making is that the law of God is perfect and holy, but but we're not. We've broken God's law, his commandments, from from 1 to 10. On a test, we score a perfect zero. We haven't done a thing. Right. Well... Why does Jesus do this? Why does he go through and hold up the law of God and show just how sinful we are? Why why does he make clear that our best just isn't good enough? Well, he does this so that we will despair of our own goodness and instead trust in him. I like how the apology of the Augsburg Confession puts this. God's two chief works among people are these, to terrify, to justify and make alive those who have been terrified. (laughs) He wants you to have the law of God show you just how sinful you are and to recognize just what it is that you deserve from God so that you are terrified of that sin and what you deserve for your sin. And then he wants to justify you when you have been terrified and you recognize just how desperately you need his forgiveness, he comes along and he takes care of what we couldn't take care of for ourselves. Jesus said, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill. Here's the good news. You have not kept God's law perfectly. You haven't come close, but Jesus has. And, He's done so for your sake. The perfect, sinless Son of God kept the law perfectly, and and he makes a great deal for us. He says, all right, I'm going to exchange your sin for my righteousness. I'll take your sin, I'll give you my righteousness. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus teaches the fullness of the law so that we despair of our own righteousness and we instead look to him in faith. 
so that we'll stop trying to justify ourselves before God and we'll stop trying to compare ourselves to others and think, oh, I'm better than that person, maybe not as good as this person, so that we just understand we're all sinners in need of his forgiveness. We receive that forgiveness and now we get sent to live in love towards others. Jesus administers the full power of the law here so that we recognize we're just the poor in spirit. Well, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus, through Jesus, because of Jesus, we are blessed. I think a a helpful illustration for this, for this law and gospel dynamic, is from a, a TV show I used to watch when I was young. I don't know if you've maybe seen Boy Meets World. That was a fun show, right? So the the boy... Corey wants to earn money. He wants to earn money so he can buy a giant super soaker squirt gun. Right? He wants to have this so he can compete with the other kids when they're having their squirt gun wars. So he asks his mom and dad for money. They say, no, you're going to have to earn your money. So he goes and he talks to his neighbor, and his neighbor says, okay, I'll hire you. His neighbor happens to also be his teacher, Mr. Feeney. He says, I'll hire you. To paint my fence. Now, Corey thinks it's not going to be that big a task. You know, so he starts doing it. And he's not doing a very good job. (laughs) And Mr. Feeney won't accept the work that has been done. Because it hasn't been done correctly. And so then he sets to work trying to do it all correctly. And he is absolutely overwhelmed. And he ends up falling asleep as he's trying to do this thing. His dad comes along, finds the situation, and his dad takes care of the whole fence for him. Paints the whole thing. Well, when the fence is complete, Corey gets paid. His dad did the work. Corey gets paid. And Corey recognizes now, this isn't fair. Dad, you've, you've gone to work all day long. You get home, and now you have to do all of my work too. Well, he was right. It wasn't fair. It was grace. And that's how it is with Jesus, isn't it? He doesn't lower the bar of the law. He fulfills it for us. He doesn't give us a way around the law. He himself is the way. He does for us what we couldn't possibly do for ourselves. And that's good news. That's grace. That's the gospel. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.